welcome to the HR Matters podcast, the place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with news and topics that really matter and insights into what changes you can make at your company today. For HR professionals, managers and anyone who has a keen investment in the people within their organization. Featuring Shay Harty. Hello. Lisa Dempsey. Hi. And me, Marjolein Vlug. So here we are at another podcast. Yeah. Um, Shay, you brought up a very interesting topic for us to talk about today. Can you tell us more? Yes. So um, I've noticed that there's quite a lot of communications and articles and information about diversity and bringing diversity into the workplace, whether it's gender or uh, culture or race or um, even considering socioeconomic and education as part of diversity in the workplace. And um, there is a expert on this called uh, Verna Myers. And she has a quote called, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And I love that quote so much. Mm. Can, you, uh, can you say that again? Because I really like it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. Mm. So, and Lisa and I have talked about, well, all three of us have talked about this before. Inclusion, Lisa uses the word inclusion is, uh, she refers to it as belonging, which I really like so much. Mm. Well, I think it's really embodied in that quote. I love that quote so much, Shay, because it really does bring to life that Diversity. Diversity is often a KPI that's often used in businesses, but I, I hold very much the perspective that diversity is actually a byproduct. It's the result of inclusive environments where people genuinely feel a sense of belonging. Um, and that's why, you know, personally for me, my definition of diversity spreads to any sort of perspective, viewpoint, voice that is invited to the table and welcome to be heard that is different from the standard perspective. Um, And oftentimes that is linked to differences that come out of gender perspectives, culture, socioeconomic, even neurodiversity, Mm -hmm. Um, but not always, but it's about that welcomeness and a sense of belonging. Yeah. And um, Mary Lane, we talked about this, that, you know, uh, these topics around diversity aren't aren't very common or it's becoming more common in the Netherlands and you know this is conversations that we have in America but in the Netherlands not so common. True well um, in Holland we do see that it's being talked about a lot in the US in Holland it's the situation is different Um, and the solutions may be different as well. And we're still figuring that out. And for me, I think this is a very important topic. It's a big issue. I'm very passionate about work floor hospitality and being uh, true hospitality uh, on the work floor needs inclusion. It's, It's a necessary part of it. But how do you fix that? How do you really incorporate this in your organization? I think it's really hard, especially because uh, there are so many, so many things influencing it. It's the, the, the cultural background and the history in Holland is different from the US. So we 
see the discussions that are going on uh, on your side. But it's hard to translate that to the Dutch situation because there's differences. And, and um, yes, I t- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I think it's really important. And I think it's really difficult to figure out what to do in this country on this topic. Yeah. I think that's such a, uh, an incredibly strong point, Marjolein, because it, it is different. It's unique to every country. It's unique to every organization. It's unique to every circumstance. There are even, you know, teams that have their own little micro culture, micro way of working, you know, versus larger companies. And there is no one size fits all answer. And I I totally agree with that. Yeah. So it makes it hard. You know, it it is really hard. There's not a formula that you can follow. There's not a, you know, step plan. There's not a process that you can follow to create this kind of environment. I think, I think the, even in, I think the main step or the main first thing to, to overcome is uh, mindset and changing the mindset about what diversity means and yeah. the benefits of having diversity, but also mm-hmm. uh, for people to be more conscious that they're not just hiring other people who think, who look and think as they do, where you're just creating more homogenous teams or in, and companies for that matter. And it's important for leaders and managers to already exhibit a behavior of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, I love that, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, because that's really where it comes to life. And that's the, the value that is brought. You know, there, there has been a lot of research, and I think Shay... Um, you recently came across a, uh, was it a Deloitte article or a McKinsey yeah. article? Yeah. But they're, you know, finally the results are in that diversity is profitable. Yeah. It, it brings the dis- those different mindsets to life and it allows companies to engage in different spaces where they were missing out previously, mm-hmm. bring about creativity and innovation that was maybe previously missed. Mm-hmm. But those voices have to be welcome. And, you, yeah. and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not easy. I remember um, a few years back, uh, Marlene, I think in the Netherlands, there was a campaign to bring more women on the, um, I guess, in the boardroom or in senior management mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. I remember yeah. I was working at ING at the time, and it was like, how can we do this? How can we encourage? The government was trying to think of ways. How can we encourage companies to do this. And I also noticed that they're doing the same thing in the UK and it's still quite challenging. I think some, some companies have quotas and the UK was trying to make a quota as well, like mm-hmm. 20% or something like that. I might be coming up with numbers out of the air, but. Well, yeah. that in itself is an interesting debate as well, isn't it? Is, you know, do quotas drive healthy behavior and do they actually you know, drive inclusive environments and, and bring about more diversity or is it harmful? And I, I recently, up until recently, let me put it this way, up until recently, I, I was of the opinion that quotas, oftentimes while they are well-intentioned, quite frequently do more harm than good. I've seen a lot of business environments where um, it's been quite damaging, particularly mm. if you look at gender balance leadership. There's a company that I worked with years ago that did come out with some very 
hard and fast quotas on wanting to have X number of women in management and leader, senior leadership positions um, because they wanted to make serious movement on this. Great. You know, if, if there's the old adage, if you don't measure it, you don't know it and you can't manage it. The byproduct of that particular campaign was that a lot of the women that were put into positions that they may not have otherwise have been seen as eligible for or may not have come into view for, they got the role, but they didn't get the support internally. There was a lot of backlash against them of, oh, you're a woman who's gotten a management position. Just because you're a woman, you're not actually qualified. Um, And because of experiences like that one and many others, I, I wasn't a huge fan of quotas, but there was recently a CEO that I came across that brought this perspective that I, I have such an appreciation for. They went through a very similar journey and went out actively, both internally and externally, to the, their talent pipelines and said, we are only going to put you know, a woman or minority or you know, somebody that fits the diversity criteria that we're looking for into these roles. So it was very black and white. Um, And in positions where they had previously put out the request, you know, we'd very much like to have, could you please provide us with candidates of this caliber who also happen to fit the diversity criteria? They got very little response. It was still, you know, 95% average, you know, kind of white male lookalike CVs that showed up on their desk with one or two sprinkles of diversity in there. When they went out with the black and white request of it has to be somebody that meets our diversity criteria, suddenly all of this talent showed up. And because they could go through and and really clearly show that they had followed a very clear process and had clearly chosen the best person for the role, there was internal support and, and engagement. And it was really eye-opening for this particular CEO to see that, wow, you know, when, when we do get very straightforward about it, all of this talent that previously had been said just wasn't there. You know, these people weren't available. We can't find them. They're not out there. You can't find that, you know, woman or that, that person with a, a disability that has these skill sets. They don't exist. Suddenly they were there when that was the only option that was put on the table. Wow. Mary Lane, how do you uh, experience with uh, Dutch companies the, the, gen- the gender or the uh, uh, culture diversity or, or even actually even um, other diversity? How do you communicate that or help other companies in the Netherlands with that? Well, what, what I see in Dutch companies is that there's oftentimes there's a lot of backlash to initiatives towards diversity uh, especially on gender issues even from women who themselves get angry for being uh, promoted or, or other women being promoted for they think the wrong reason so I'm really happy Lisa to hear your example of how it actually works and I think it's important to uh, give more of those examples to be louder about 
how it actually works rather than what people fear it will have the, the the effect that people fear it will have and what i do is by advising companies to increase their workflow hospitality i i stress that that needs to in, uh, include diversion uh, sorry <laughs> diversity maybe it's her diversion maybe diversion is a tool to support diversity <laughs> it needs to include diversity and inclusion because um it acknowledges that employees are human beings and all employees should be allowed to be human beings and they all have their own values to bring in and as you said, Lisa, it, it gives so much extra value to organizations to have more perspectives on the work floor, to make sure that everybody can fully use their talents and also give their uh, opinion and information and insights rather than be hindered yeah. uh, in doing that. You're just missing out on so much. Yeah. And I think that really is a part of the key is how do you make those different voices and those different perspectives that may feel foreign, they may feel uncomfortable, they may not make sense to you at first, but how do you make them welcome mm. at the table and make space for them? Because here's the other thing that makes diversity and inclusion such a mystery and such a challenge is a lot of the, the barriers to unlocking that actually lie in unconscious bias. So they're not even things that we're aware of. And all of us, every single human being, I don't care how well versed you are in this subject or how politically correct you think you are or how open you are, everybody carries some level of unconscious bias. Agree. Agree. And you need to become aware of where are your biases? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what does that look yeah. like? So That's that true. you can then also see, you know, see those, those barriers on your path of where are you likely to be, you know, unconsciously mm -hmm. discounting something. Um, that's the challenge with unconscious biases. It is unconscious. <laughs> You're not making a choice you're aware yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. So, but by becoming aware of your unconscious bias, you know, you get better. Yeah. It's easier. That's nice. You're a human being as well, doing the selecting yes. or doing or making decisions, yeah. asking for people, inviting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, creating projects or teams or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. Well, once yeah. you know better, you try yeah. to do better. I like yeah. that. Shay, do you have any any perspectives or any tips that you'd like to share? I think the. The biggest thing to realize um, in, in terms of trying to bring about diversity, inclusion, belonging is one, connecting it, finding a way to connect it to your overall organizational goals. Mm. And also, um, because it could be more, better productivity, it could be more ideas. If you're doing a product or a service or what have you, and you're thinking your target audience is only white males in Amsterdam that's quite a small niche maybe that's fine but for a lot of companies they have a much bigger target group so then if you're going to service them then bring in the people that know those different groups the best 
connect it to your bottom yeah. line. Your target audience is probably diverse. Yeah. So you need to have diverse people working on. Exactly. Exactly. So just and, starting and all there. those aspects of, of diversity, like you said, it can be gender, it can be. Yeah. Socioeconomic. So, yeah. It can mm-hmm. be so many different things. Disability. It could be, you know, transgender. It could be so many different things. And mm-hmm. when you have those conversations with people who can give, their own perspectives it's already proven studies are showing that you have even better ideas more ideas and and you can go further faster as well as uh, bringing more women <laughs> into those management positions into those management roles uh, mm-hmm. also brings about better profits and that that was in the Deloitte um, article and hopefully I could share that in the link below and, um, and that's kind of where it starts, where it is how, where the why it's important to figure out your why. Yeah. I love that. And, and really connecting it to your bottom line and what is, what is your business strategy? You know, every company is fighting for, you know, either more market share or bigger market share, more profitability, more margins. Yeah. Well, if you better understand who your target audience is and what are their perspectives, mm-hmm the more likely you are to get there. Um, What's your tip? You know, I, I, well, I, again, I, I hold a very clear perspective on diversity as a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the result of inclusive environments. So for me, it starts with exactly what you've already said, Shay, and that's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, stepping out of the boundaries of what you know, what feels familiar, and getting, you know, it, it's that growth mindset of being ever curious oh, yeah. about, you know, the, always, no matter how much I know in my lifetime, there's always going to be 10,000 times the amount of information I don't know. And I don't need to know it all, particularly as, you know, a business leader, but by inviting people who might know or might have a different idea, have a different perspective to the table and listening, engaging and connecting with them. There's so much to be won. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to solve it all, but you need to have the openness and the curiosity to engage with those and things that you don't know. What about you, Marilyn? Well, I was just thinking of a question for the both of you um, that what if there's a an HR advisor or a manager listening to this and thinking, I really want to start doing more about inclusion in my organization? What would be the first thing you would ask them to do? Like sitting on a sofa on the train or wherever listening to this. What's the first thing to do? I think much like what Charity said, get curious about how does it tie into your company's bottom line or your company's strategy? Mm-hmm. Um, and then think about who in the business could really benefit from this. You know, start start small. Find some somebody in the business to engage in, to you know, open up this area, start a discussion, mm-hmm. um, and and engage. Yeah. Meet them where they're mm-hmm. at. And uh, I would add to that. Um... Only um, finding, like you said, internal champions. Mm-hmm. And um, because it has to stop, start, it has to start from the top down. And it really has to come from a mindset 
that uh, you want to have these diverse conversations and you want to have this kind of environment. If you have management that is not, that doesn't see the value behind that, then it's about uh, a little bit of uh, education mm -hmm. and sharing business cases and studies, um, how it is successful. And then you can start with a process and a plan of, because it's not an overnight thing. You don't just say, hey, <laughs> we're going to be diverse no. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be inclusive, inclusive and diverse tomorrow morning from now on. It's mm -hmm. a process. It's like 12 months, 18 months. It takes time. Small steps. Absolutely. Keep going. Yeah. And it's a part Thank of a you. culture, you know, it's about creating an inclusive culture. The diversity, you know, and the demographics are the byproduct yeah. of that. Agree. Yeah. How would you, Mary Lane, last question, mm -hmm. knowing what you know now, or what you've always known in your whole life, <laughs> in my heart, <laughs> in your heart, how would someone best approach you as an HR consultant? to have, even begin the discussion about diversity, knowing the cultures that you know in the, the Dutch culture, Dutch society, Dutch companies, what do you think would be the best way to even initiate the conversation? Like, you know, if it was coming to you, how can someone best- Where would yeah. you start? Where would you start? Where would I start? I would start by showing in several ways that I really mean business, that I really mean this. I really intend to sort this, to fix this, to, to work on this for the next, I don't know how long, in small steps and big steps, just to keep going, that I'm serious about this, that I think it's really important. Um, and I, that I'm happy to talk about that and explain that and, and elucidate that for everybody who's interested. That would be the first yeah, thing. Put a, real, put a real stake in the ground that this is a value that you hold to be of high importance. Yeah. 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 yeah I love that. that. That's really bold and courageous. <laughs> I, I love that. I think there's so much of that that's needed in the HR space. Thank you. Well, I really mean it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to wrap it up today. And I hope everyone had fun. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I like this topic. And, and if, you, if anyone has any questions or wants to add to the, the dialogue, please leave your comments in the space. I think we'll, this will be on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And uh, leave yeah. comments, questions. Yeah. We'll share our links and the, and the information that we've gathered, uh, maybe stuff that you can share within your organizations. So you can also yeah. and what initiate are, conversation. Sorry, Lisa. What are the struggles you guys out oh, there yeah. who are listening? What are you struggling with? Because it is such a, it's a complex topic with a lot of depth uh, to it. So again, like we've already said, there's not a straightforward formula or answer fix yeah. all. Um, and it shows up in different ways in different environments. So share your stories with us. We'd love to hear yes, them. Yes, please. All right. Well, thank you very much, ladies. It's been a pleasure speaking with you as always. Likewise. Yeah. Till next time. Bye. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Speak soon. Bye.